Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And welcome back to another edition of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey and the, the wonderful part of the year continues. The footballs are flying, the fists are flailing, the basketballs are bouncing, and the baseballs are button all in the same week. And Kelsey, we got a whole lot going on and a whole lot to talk about today. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, baseballs are being bunted in this World Series. There's been a few few dingers hit already, but uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, look. We're after a fast start with 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 the World Series is you know one 0 lead for the the Braves, and then I mean MVP conversations in the NFL. The landscape for college football is opening up. The college football playoff comes out very very soon for the first time this season. And well, surprise, surprise to nobody. I think that's where we're going to start. How does that sound? That sounds like a great way, which leads us right into the tip off brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. All the wonderful soap feel none of the harsh, harsh soap after effects on your skin. It is spooky season. They got a spooky bar for you as well to get yourself into the Halloween season. Click on the link in our bio and it'll take you right there. So Kelsey, you alluded to it. College football, NFL MVP. We got a lot to talk about this one. Take us away. Yeah. So we're going to start with college football landscape, man. This is in a week where we we literally said, like, I don't know what game we, we want to call on ColorCast because, well, truthfully, we weren't sure what games were going to be good. I mean, really, we, we were just not sure at all. Uh, turns out Penn State and Illinois, of all of all games, was one of the best of the weekend. We not chose one, Michigan Northwestern. Not two, one. not three, not four, <laughs> not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but Look, nine. I, just, I remember when it started and you told your dog, I, I'll take you out after the ninth overtime, jokingly, because, you know, we never thought we'd see nine overtimes in our lifetime, but with this new rule, finally came out to play. Nine overtimes later, we finally got a, a, a winner. And, and let me just say, Illinois deserved to win this game. I feel wow. like it's safe to say, like Illinois deserved to win this. Penn State they looked poor uh, and porous, really defensively. They, that run game from Illinois was fantastic. So, um, but man, that game there was Kansas. There was, which by the way, will lead us into what I really want to talk about, which is. This polls. Oh boy, here we are. Again. So with Kansas challenging Oklahoma as strong as they did, they dropped Oklahoma a place, setting up Bama in the top three, surprising nobody. Not even a little bit. And of course, looking at who's number five as well, too. Yeah. Keeping their way in ready. We talked, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago during crunch time, and it looks like it's becoming a reality. I unintentionally tried to speak it out of existence, but even I could not deter it with the DJ curse. Yeah, look, not even not even the undefeated Michigan could jump over the one one loss Ohio State, who by the way is that one loss is to Oregon, who the rankings hate themselves right now too. I mean, they they're trying everything they can to keep them out of the top ten. So like, if you lose to Oregon, why are you still in the top five? Why is Oregon not ahead of you? I mean, Oregon only has one loss. They literally beat the car off the Ohio State Buckeyes, but here they are, five number five in the country, setting up the. Uh, aforementioned i don't know how many times we can say it the bama ohio state invitational and if you're a fan of any one of any other team in the nation other than those two there is still hope we still have hope at least a little bit of a hope there is still cincinnati hanging on for dear life to at least keep somebody out because we already know georgia's all but a lock if they finish and get to the sec championship game even if they hypothetically lose in it that being number one the whole team they'll probably drop them to four they'll still probably get in at that point cincinnati if they can hold on for us then there's the alabama ohio state Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon. There's the conundrum right there at that point. And it feels like everything in this power is trying to give us Alabama and Ohio State in there as well, too. And they're going to somehow make it ranking so Alabama and Ohio State don't play each other. So they're going to try and set up that national championship for the billionth time in a row, it feels like now as well, too. They, they'll try and squeak Oklahoma out of there if they can. If there's any leeway, they will pick a one-loss Ohio State team over that an undefeated Oklahoma team, I have a feeling, especially if Ohio State does beat Michigan coming up later in the year. And, and you know their, their, their acknowledgement is going to be, well, they struggled against Kansas. Yeah, but they didn't lose. And they won by double digits after struggling. Like, let's, yeah. take, let's, like, let's reel it in. Like, geez. But, but, there is, but there is hope still left in the regular season for both these teams to lose again. Obviously, that Michigan undefeated Michigan we're still talking about, they, they go up against the undefeated Michigan State team this weekend, which should be really good. We'll be calling that on ColorCast. 
shameless pug. But then also, <laughs> in a couple weeks, we have Ohio State, Michigan. And that game, really, I mean, look, we always talk about like rivalry games, what they mean to coaches. Jim uh, Harbaugh, if he can beat Ohio State this year, it doesn't matter how they finish this year. They could lose every game from here on out and beat Ohio State. He still has a job next year. And don't forget, Ryan Day said, and I quote, we're going to hang 100 on him this year. So there is some steam coming from both edges for different reasons. And, of course, Ohio State does have that Penn State team you mentioned coming in, too. And the difference is, this week they said Sean Clifford will be 100% available to go, no restrictions, like he had last week against Illinois, which you could see kind of hampered him in those later 17,000 overtimes. They were like, all right, hand the ball off or flick it out. Like, don't let him do anything. Don't let him be Sean Clifford. But if you do get that fully functioning Penn State team this weekend, could be a tough one for Ohio State if they're look trying to hang 100 on Michigan. They might forget to hang 30 on Penn State. So it's very interesting how the Big Ten's going to play out. And there's still that team down in Iowa City lingering around too with one loss. Depending on how things play out, they can make it a competition, get into the Big Ten championship game, maybe pull it out. You never know as well. The Big Ten's really fun this year. And yeah. Oklahoma State losing kind of Oklahoma, if they get they can get through the Big 12 pretty comfortably this point, you have to imagine. Oklahoma State's obviously a tricky opponent when they play them, but it feels like everything for Oklahoma's lining up. It's depending on if they try and hose them as well. Now from, now from the college football landscape to a little bit where they make a little bit more money now, not much nowadays, uh, but these guys in particular that we're about to talk about, uh, I think it's safe to say they make a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> that's your MVP candidates this season. I mean, right now, DJ, run me through your top five left in the, in the MVPs. So I'm going to start by looking at a Twitter poll we put out just before this was recorded too. I listed three guys and obviously somebody else because you know how Twitter polls are. I can't list 10 people like I wanted to. Surprisingly enough, Derrick Henry had 41% of the votes. Tom Brady had 18, Kyler Murray had 18, and the obviously somebody else answer had 23%. So very interesting. A lot of people are riding the Henry train with his league leading 10 touchdowns and more than 800 yards rushing. He is the, the definition of a horse is the simple way to put it. He even has a passing touchdown now on the resume, and he's had a sensational season, the prototypical workhorse, almost 100 more touches than the next closest guy. And the next closest in rushing is Jonathan Taylor, at like 570, something like that. Derrick Henry's at over 850. That is the gap you see right now because of, and you look at the carries gap and the touches gap. It's absolutely insane. Literally his, the biggest weapon for Derrick Henry is he can handle those 1970s, eighties, nineties, ridiculous loads. I mean, he might be able to, he'll be, he'll break Larry Johnson's carries record. I would not be surprised yeah. if he did. So anyway, now that we got off that, I'm going to just rail down my list and then we'll get your list and we'll discuss a little bit, but I still got Tom Brady taking the top spot right now. He's my preseason pick leads the league in yards and touchdowns. Has kind of a cupcake schedule, honestly, when you look at it so far. It doesn't get a whole lot easier than that. The Cowboys were his tough game, and he still threw four touchdowns on him. He's sensational. Matthew Stafford, I have at number two, six and one. He's been absolutely fantastic as well, too. You could make a case. It should be Stafford slash Cooper Cup, like pair them together at this point. But next up, I got Derrick Henry. Everything I just said about him. Four, I got the one-man yardage machine known as Lamar Jackson. Through the air, on the feet. He, you could point out all the holes in his game, all you want, where his limitations are. It doesn't matter because of how sensational he is at the things he does do well. Like, my goodness, we don't criticize Tom Brady for not being able to run past a paper bag in the wind. Why do we criticize Lamar for not being able to throw every single pass perfectly? And he has that team second in the AFC North because of a team we'll talk about a little bit later. And he's been sensational with the revolving door running backs. And number five, Kyler Murray, you're undefeated. You're top five in passing yards. You're a dual threat quarterback. You're throwing dimes. He's been sensational. And I left off three guys that reasonably should be right in there, but that's who I have at top five right now. Kelsey, how about yours? Yeah, so look, obviously I love the love, love, love some of those picks down there. Um, look, mine starts with Stafford. Uh, it definitely starts with Matt Stafford, but followed surprisingly very closely by one, the, the Las Vegas man himself, the gambler himself, that is Derek Carr. I mean, I, I don't the know what to say. How is he not getting the love? Like, he doesn't need a coach. He doesn't need any of that. He can coach everybody himself. He is an absolute stud right now. I mean, it is absolutely crazy that he is not getting the love he deserves. I, we agree with that on one. They killed me to leave him off this one. I wanted him on there so bad. And I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. So I, we, I'm not, and I'm not done with Derek Carr, but right, second, right. In, second in passing yards, he, and literally players on the team are saying, Oh, when John Gruden left Derek Carr basically is helping with OC duties more or less. Like he's got a full command of that offense. He's, he's a stud. No arguments here on him being up there. He killed me to leave him off. I just, you're asking me to put three potatoes. You're asking me to put five potatoes in a two potato back here. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you have a point. And now that's why what we're getting to is going to get a little nitty gritty. Uh, I do have Kyler, number three. Uh, just, again, everything you said about Kyler. He's a one-man wrecking crew at Arizona team, 7-0 for the first time since, what, 1994, I believe, or 1974, some, some crazy. Something number. ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, something crazy like that since they basically started the franchise in Arizona. <laughs> Um, I think it back to the St. Louis Cardinals days is where it harkens back to. 
Um, but yeah, look, that'd be Kyle, what they're doing in, in Arizona. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I literally, the only reason Stafford and Carr are ahead of them is just because uh, I don't yeah. know. Like, Someone has to be up there. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, it's like, really it's one, a one B one C if we're being honest about it. Like these guys are all right there ahead of them. Um, but just by like 0.0001. And so then behind him, I have Derrick Henry at number four. And a tie at five, I, I because of course it wouldn't be a list where I mess up where I, I break the rules unless you know this wouldn't be a high low show if I don't break the rules. So the number tied at number five right now is Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So okay. and look, if you if anybody questions why I say Josh Allen, go look at the tape. Go watch Josh Allen. Like just because yeah, he had a bye yeah. week doesn't mean you, you must have forgot. Yeah, recency bias is a thing in the NFL, and people forget. Like you take one week off because you you have to. You were literally forced to take a bye week, and it was like. Well, you dropped six places in the MVP race. Well, why? What has he done to lose anything in the MVP race? If anything, he should be even better because these other teams have just struggled. I mean. And the crazy part is the two guys that neither one of us mentioned that might be fight that we will actually get to see in person later on, thanks to another Twitter poll we put out and people voted on. Joey B, Joey Burrow, Ohio's favorite son, and Justin Herbert, the Oregon kid taking over California. Two young stud quarterbacks who are lighting it up as well. Could be fighting for a potential first-round First round buyer at a division title coming up, and we'll get to see it in person in Cincinnati. For those of you who didn't check, we had a Twitter poll out there, a chance to go to it, and overwhelmingly everyone picked that game. So there's those two yeah. that could be making a push too. We have to discuss this with our fans. Like, come on, guys, we, we have a choice between jumping through tables in Buffalo. You could have witnessed m- m- me jumping through a table in Buffalo, or going to Cincinnati and watching two young guns fight it out. And like, I felt bad for everybody who had to choose this. Like. That was a tough yeah, yeah, that's why we put it out there because we couldn't choose it. I mean, yeah. there was a reason for it. And honestly, I think if the Bills-Colts game had a – right now it doesn't look like it will be a great game It look because the Bills look like they're still the class of the AFC and the Colts are finding their way. But, like, it, if you – right now when you look at that matchup, it's like, well, okay, what's the spread? Double digits? Okay. Like, that's they, how it feels They right survived now. a bomb cyclone, and now that's – now it's smooth selling after this for the Colts, it feels like. I feel like if we ask this after, if they beat, let's say the Colts hypothetically beat the Titans this weekend, then we ask that question, then I think it's a little more balanced out. But I think the game, I'm not arguing. I see Joey B and Justin Herbert. That's going to be great. So that, oh, there's no complaints. Be, this is going to be an absolutely fantastic game. I think the only downside to it is if you ask anybody in uh, in Ohio, is like, oh, you're going to Kentucky. Okay, well, sorry, Cincinnati fans. That's what they say. I just, I'm going to apologize now because I can already see somebody's going to post it on our post when we're there. Absolutely. It's mandatory, but it'll be, it's going to be basically two heavyweight young quarterbacks going at it. But that brings us now to the main event. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Clean energy. It's like gaming fuel, but clean energy. No, nothing harsh in your body. Feels absolutely sensational. Use it before I go to the gym, and I feel I feel juvenile. I don't have the weird itch you get with some other pre-workouts, so you don't have an itchy butt or anything like that. But that takes us to our highs and our lows. And Kelsey, we're going to get your first high and your first low. Well, just to play off what we were just talking about, obviously my first high is Joey B and the Bengals. Love I it. mean, I, at this point in time, what what else can we say about this team? They have CJ Uzoma flying at, at top notch right now. You have Joe Mixon just running over dudes. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, two alpha dogs right now. Like you have T. Higgins with all the with all the the, the targets, but you have Jamar Chase with 30, 40 yard, 50 yard gains at, at a time. And then he'll take a slant and just run it 40 yards past it, dude. It's just like yeah, I do this thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. It's it's absolutely ideal for this team the, the way they're set up to have both of these guys doing what they're doing, because T. Higgins is a possession receiver. You do have Jamar Chase and his explosive ability, and honestly, I'm not even talking about Tyler Boyd because, well, let's be frank, he hasn't been on the level of those guys because there's only so many footballs to go around, and C.J. Uzoma becoming the quintet of weapons now. Like I talked about it earlier this season, I, t- I called him the. The quadruple twin or the uh, quadruplets there in 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 Cincinnati. Now another quintet. They're a quintet of weapons now. CJ Uzoma has entered the chat and he says, "Don't forget about me. I'm only a six seven tight end who runs a four six. Like, don't forget about me, guys. I'll block too. Yay! I mean that, that offense is sensational. Joey B's top five in touchdown pass, if I'm not mistaken, at seventeen. Joe Mixon's fourth in rushing, third with over five hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, top, he's been top ten 
almost every week this of, of this season in fantasy football rushing points. And you still got Jamar Chase, who's number two in receiving yards as well, too. Like, and but the absolutely sensational job by the offense. And all those who said you can't draft a, a Jamar Chase or you need to take Panay Sewell. Well, we told you there was a way, and they did 99% of the way as well. I mean, I, I distinctly remember laying out the case for Bengals fans to listen here. If they draft Jamar Chase, it's not the end of the world. I distinctly remember when we did the draft cover, you said we probably would have leaned towards to Rashawn Slater because we had him rated that highly and we look pretty darn good for that one. But Jamar Chase is the best non Rashawn Slater player you could take basically because of how good he is. The kid is 21 years old and is making grown men look like children. Like my goodness, the last time he played football before the 2021, he was 19 years old and every corner in that draft, they said, who's the receiver that gave you issues. They said Jamar Chase in a year where they said it was a historically deep draft class with when you had Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, all those studs, all those corners that came out like Trayvon Diggs, CJ Henderson, all them said, no, no, Jamar Chase was that dude. And he's proven it now. He's a top 10 receiver right now. Look, there are two, there are two starting corners in Tampa Bay right now who played against Jamar Chase at, in, in LSU when they were playing for Auburn, that's Jamel Dean. And, and, and they both got burned. I mean, burned by this man consistently that man had five touchdowns in the game versus Auburn in his in his the last time he played football like that doesn't happen you don't just do that that's not normal for a, a, a 19 year old in a hat or in three quarters to put up five touchdowns they, they forget he uh, had every single record like receiver SEC record before Devontae Smith broke it and he did that while sharing the low with Justin Jefferson Clyde Edwards Hilaire Thaddeus Moss who where I don't know what happened to him Terrace Marshall and Boutte as well. Like they had so many targets as well. So there's only so much to go around. He still did all that. So he is that dude. I, that's a fantastic, that Bengal squad look out for them too. We under, we underestimated them a little bit in our preseason predictions. We said they'd be good. We just didn't think they'd be able to close some of these close games. Yeah. They, they, they got it. They, it's LSU. Joey B that injury is gone. He's, he's, he's here. Yeah. Look, I wish I, if I can go back right now, they'd be the team I'd boost up into the playoffs to playoff picture right now uh, for a wild card. I mean, yeah, right now they're leading, they're, 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 they're competing for the division, but I think they're an easy wild card team if they keep performing this way. Absolutely. So that'll take us now. Who is your first low? My first low. Well, this one, this one hurts me <laughs> because I have this man on my fantasy football team and Ooh. he's getting put on the COVID list. That is Devonte Adams. And it's really the Packers without Devonte Adams. So the, they lose Devonte Adams. They also lose Alan Lazard to the COVID list. And this is like, what is the worst case scenario to a team that throws a, to, to Devonte Adams about 67% of the time just to lose Devontae Adams. And then you lose the second targeted guy, and that's Alan Lazard. So you lost about 75% of your targets just like that to COVID. Uh, this is the less than ideal situation. I'm honestly expecting Aaron Rodgers to come out on the, since it's a Thursday night game and be like, hey, um, by the way, uh, I have COVID too. I don't want to play. Like, please don't make me go out there without Devontae, without my security blanket, because this is – this Packers team, I mean, what was a what was an absolute ideal Thursday night matchup with the high-flying Cardinals and this fantastic offense from the, the Packers took a, a major hit with Devontae leaving. And I think we're going to see kind of a hollow Aaron Rodgers this week because he doesn't have his favorite target. The one Bryce says he won't have to deal with J.J. Watt, I guess. So I guess they're both missing X-Factor type players, but one definitely hurts more than the other when you look into Devontae Adams. Like, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to Aaron Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers himself. Like, they're going to have to find a way. Like, they're, they're going to have to push Aaron Jones and Amani Rodgers, force them together so Aaron Rodgers could throw to Aaron Rodgers, basically. Look, Amani, look this is Amani Rodgers' chance right now. Uh, you you come in from Clemson as, as kind of this – well, if you ask Green Bay front office fans, they would be like – They'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is the this is our new receiver, our new future receiver." Well, let's see it because so far we haven't seen him from seen anything from him. So um, this will be his opportunity to show out. But I think Aaron Jones is going to have an absolutely fantastic fantastic opportunity here. And Robert Tunyon, a guy who went missing this season after leading tight ends and touchdown catches last year, gone, literally disappeared this season. So we'll see if he gets some burn as well. It took national tight end for that day for him to finally come out and get in the end zone again as well, too. So that's going to be a key player for the Packers as well. Absolutely. So, DJ, go, go ahead with your highs and lows. Well, I do have I did have a little bit more of basketball leaning, but since we're on the football topic, I'll do my football one first for highs. We talked about him earlier, and I'm bringing him out now. Derek Carr and what he has done this season and what has amplified since John Gruden left. I kind of talked about it earlier, how he more or less took over his OC as with some of the players were doing, like calling – 
things out, calling out his coverages, helping like the coach on the field. Everything you talked about, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, all those guys that were they were lauded for for their whole careers. Derek Carr's doing that now. Think about this against the Eagles. 93% completion, and he threw the ball 34 times, 31 of 34. I think it was two touchdowns and an interception. One of his incompletions was an interception off a guy's hands or because the guy fell. I can't remember which one it was. That is how absolutely fantastic he was, and that's just the numbers. Like when you, We've watched a few of his games. He's absolutely – the way he throws the ball, it's sensational. He They compared him – James Jones, the old Packers receiver who played with Derek Carr, called him a baby Aaron Rodgers at one point. He looks like a baby Aaron Rodgers here, especially like his deep ball, especially now that he's finding Henry Ruggs and guys now, he has one of the better deep balls in the game. Like his deep ball deserves an OnlyFans. It's that beautiful. It flies through the air. The spiral's fantastic. The knock on him is he only has 12 passing touchdowns because they get in the red zone and they hand it off and Josh Jacobs like, Kenya Drake get a lot of touchdowns. I think if he had a few more passing touchdowns, he'd get a little more love. But he's been absolutely sensational. And the way he's going, he's going to be in that MVP case and the Raiders a team to look out for down the stretch. I know they still have couple of battles with the chiefs who we'll see if that's actually the chiefs or what's going on there still got to go against the chargers again you like they do have some tough games coming up but they've answered the bell every single time so far i mean you lost to the chargers we talked about how good they are like that's not a big deal and then you lost with the john gruden scandal hanging over your head to the bears and as soon as you took out john gruden they absolutely destroyed their opponents so i'm really high on Derek Carr, and he's he's absolutely sensational the raiders made the right move not get, getting rid of in the last four years when every offseason there's a rumor about it yeah, no, look, can we go back to this whole OnlyFans for Cars Deep Ball? Like, what do we call this? Like, is this Cars Corner? Is that what we're going to call this? Or, like, Cars Curls? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to call these. What is it? What is OnlyFans page going to be called? I don't know. I think you could, you might be able to call it MVP's Corner at the end of the season as well, too, or MVP <laughs> fans. I don't know. Like, he's been absolutely sensational. Slinging slingin spirals? Like, I, I don't know, man. Only spirals? I don't know. Or only touchdowns? <laughs> or whole shots? I don't know. O- Whatever you want. Dimes? <laughs> dimes. Dimes with Derek. I don't know. There's a whole ways we could go about this all day, but Derek's dimes. There you go. There we go. Dame Dalla, D- Derek dimes. I mean, there, we can make this work. He just needs to spit a few lyrics, but that'll take me into my first low. And we t- we're going to stay in the Bay and look at the 49ers specifically that quarterback situation. We talked about it. Cause we did the cast of when they played the Colts in that monsoon bomb cyclone weather event that I stand by it. They should have had a dome. They, every team needs a retractable dome. We're not going to get into that right now. But this is a situation where it would have been an important thing because you were going through a weather event with the word bomb in it. But I say that because we <laughs> talked about it. We weren't going to use this too much to like rate anything negative on them because at this one, it's like anything good you do is really awesome considering the circumstances. Anything bad, it's like, well, shoot. I mean, you're playing in a natural disaster type potential element. It is a river raining down on you is how it's described. But I don't, it looks like a mess. Even when Kyle Shannon was asked afterwards, he's like, oh, we'll see. Like, that's not inspiring any confidence. Like, you've drafted Trey Lance to have him sit this year, use him in certain packages, kind of like they did with Lamar as a rookie, and then basically to let him take over for the future. Jimmy doesn't look like he wants to be there sometimes. Some of those, he looks really lost. His strong thing was his short to mid-accuracy when he came up. That's why everyone wanted him for New England. Those timing, hit that fifth step, fire that quick out route, fire those double out routes, the things that got them to a Super Bowl. He seemed to struggle on those. The only time he had any success was the play-action bootlegs because the entire Colts defense flies at the play action. So he's left wide open on the rollout to an easy crossing Debo Samuel. Like he's, he just looks a little uncomfortable. It looks like he's thinking about it. And we talked about this in our preseason predictions, why I didn't have him very high is I think that quarterback controversy is going to linger. Very few guys can deal with that kind of controversy. It takes an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. We saw with Carson last year, Jalen hurts. He never will admit it, but I guarantee that had a little bit of effect on his play considering how Carson's playing this year. So I, at this point, I think they made their bed and they're going to have to sleep it into a really stinky bed. And I think that draft pick that they had to trade is going to get be a really high pick. It feels like at this point, Trey Lance is practicing. He looks good in practice. I think that knee injury might have been a little embellished. I think it's more or less of, hey, let's see if Jimmy can beat the Colts and then we'll decide. That's kind of what they're really thinking. We're going to see against Chicago. We're going to see a lot of Trey Lance. So they could say, hey, we made the right choice taking him over Justin Fields. And then after that, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance takes over the starting job. They can't really trade Jimmy G before the trade deadline, I don't think. Not enough time, not a you were not gonna get the value you want for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded in the offseason or something like that. Like they feel I feel like they just want to throw Trey Lance out there and say, give it a try. They're just worried about him being able to grasp everything. So I don't know. It's a really rough situation. That this roster has digressed a little bit the last few years since that Super Bowl run. Trey Lance drafting was supposed to be for the future, but you're right now it does not look very good. Yeah, no, this this Niners team looks awful. And then and yeah, you know, we we called this game. And the fact that, the fact of the matter is. This is a weather phenomenon you couldn't say in an airport. Like, just think about that. You could not describe what this weather phenomenon was in an airport without getting tackled by TSA. Mm. 
Like you, yeah, that's or a fine from TSA because you said the word bomb. Like it's yeah, this was crazy to watch, and and, and we we tried to withhold judgment, but there was I mean, talk about disinterested. I that. And it's really tough when you see Carson Wentz, another guy who's very maligned at the quarterback spot, still doing his thing out there, especially down the half making the plays when Jimmy G just kept missing the plays too. Against a, wor- a worse defense in the Colts, that Colts defense is much worse than the 49ers defense. There was – really there was just no excuse. I know you're missing George Kittle. That's obviously a big loss, especially on national tight end day. You know if he's there, he's getting two touchdowns. But yeah, you just – you had like two drives where you looked fantastic and the rest of the time you were missing everybody. You were off. You fumbled. You were sliding all over the place. Terrible picks. It just – he looked like Carson Wentz last year, honestly, if we're going to be honest. That's what he looked like to me. Yeah, I mean, look, it, again, I'm trying to withhold a lot of the judgment from that game just because that weather was crap. I mean, but there was just – it didn't even look like he had command of his own huddle. I think that was the biggest thing to me is, like, it, there was no accountability being held for anybody who's, uh, you know – like, his center makes a couple bad snaps off to the side of Jimmy. Instead of getting onto his center, he just walks back to the huddle, doesn't say anything to his center – goes back to the next play. It's like that you can't do if you want to have command of this team, you have to reprimand somebody eventually. Like your center can't keep snapping the ball far right when the play is going left and you have that a bomb cyclone literally pouring down on your head. You can't have this happen. It's I uh, there it just yeah, it just doesn't look good. The and even in the wall, I think at this point in time. And even in their wins earlier this season, they, he didn't look that great either. Like against a porous Eagles team, he did not look very great. They had to win late in that one as well, too. I mean, like against the Lions, they came out explosive but nearly choked it away at the end, too. Like they there's that disconnect's just there. Like that, I just there's something weird. Maybe Jimmy's not that bad. And if he goes somewhere else, he'll look like Jimmy G again. Maybe against the Bears, he completely proves us wrong. But I don't like what I'm seeing right now. And I have a feeling it's going to linger over the rest of the season. And it's going to result in Trey Lance having to go in before he's ready and hopefully doesn't get hurt again as well, too. Because I think Trey Lance can be really, really good, but I wanted him to sit this whole season and just be used in those special packages where he just kind of uses his legs and quick decision-making. But I don't think he's going to get that opportunity. I think he's going to get thrusted, and we'll see how it goes. But, Kelsey, what is your second high and second low? Yeah, so uh, my second high, I'm going to go to the man of mystery himself, Cooper Cup, uh, out of, uh, you know, obviously L.A. Rams. This this, this season he's been having, we joked about it a couple of times. Can we actually call him a top receiver finally? Like we all, we expected this. Like we both watched him at Eastern Washington. We had high hopes for what he could do in the pros, and all he needed was really just the trust to start using him, right? And like, wow. Uh, look, I I laugh when I saw this on Twitter, but somebody called him Vanillatron. Now and then, like it said, Matt Stafford had Megatron, and now he has Vanillatron. And I'm like, do we have to call him Vanillatron? Can't we call him something better? Like. I mean, they called Julian Edelman Vanilla Tron at one point. Like, let's give Cooper. Cooper Cup's better right now than Julian Edelman's ever been, really. I mean, like, yeah, let's, let's, like, let's... Like, look, here's the thing that he has over anything Julian Edelman ever did. He has made every first tackler, if it's a solo tackler, miss after he catches the ball. Like, he has does not get tackled as soon as he catches this ball. And it is a freakishly athletic thing he does. But he will face a face guard a defender, and it just... If you, you're one-on-one with him, like, good luck. I'm sorry. Like your ankles are going to be over to your left, uh, your jock straps are going to be on the right, and Cooper Cup's going to be in the end zone. So, uh, yeah, he's right. a very reminiscent of like what Le'Veon Bell used to do at his prime too. Just how he never got hit straight on, even if you did bring him down as the one guy, he fell forward with his whole body for like that extra three yards. And he's actually fast. I know no one wants to acknowledge it, but Cooper Cup runs away from people too. Like he has a he has underrated speed, underrated ability to juke, insane route running, great hands, and he's the most targeted receiver in football, which is hard to believe. When you think about how many times Aaron Rodgers throws to Devontae Adams, Stafford has done that more to Cooper Cup. So that Stafford sees him, he trusts him. He's like, you're my guy. And this is one a team with Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, too. And it's not just like the fact they're targeting him. Like, defenses, what are you doing? Like, why have you not recognized the fact that that man right there, they, they finally started bracketing Hunter Renfro, who we've talked about constantly as being just third and Renfro is a thing, third and open. He is just always there. Cooper Cup is just as bad, except for he's one through four. Like, first down, second down, third down, fourth down, he will be open. I'm sorry. Like, where is the brackets? Where are the two men? Where is the where's the chip him off the line and have a have a coverage over the top for him? Like, there is nothing that defenders are doing to even help right now because they're like, oh, Robert Woods is the number one threat, guys. No, he is not. I'm the only sorry. team to do anything like that is Arizona, and, well, the results worked. Yeah, like, Cooper Cup is that dude right now for the Rams and defenses haven't adjusted yet. Like no defense they've played, except for, as you mentioned, Arizona has adjusted to the fact that Cooper cup is that dude. 
he has been that dude for a couple of seasons, but I'll digress from that situation because <laughs> you needed a quarterback to take advantage of that. And I'm sorry, Jared Goff was not that quarterback. He, um, exactly. He did well with Jared Goff, but now he's he seems unstoppable right now is what it feels like. We'll see how it goes going along because maybe teams start to stop him and then we'll see Sean McVay. Maybe if he dials up his genius, maybe this is part of his plan is overuse Cooper Cup now, Robert Woods later on. We'll see, but. As you and they still, they still have the mystery man, the, the mystery machine that flies down the field every time. Deshaun Jackson, too. Well, all like, you need is one play, and he'll give you a 70 yard touchdown. <laughs> and, you know, Sean McVay still doesn't have Deshaun Jackson in the back pocket, the guy that'll just go blow by everybody. So this team is, I don't, I don't envy any defensive coordinator that has to go up against this team, honestly. This is, this sounds just miserable. No, exactly. I mean, Deshaun still gets deep as well as anybody. We see him like maybe once a game go deep if he even gets the ball too. We saw it against Tampa Bay and nothing else since. So Sean McVay still got a deep bag of tricks up his sleeve we haven't seen Sony michelle get used hardly so hopefully he gets used we'll see former first round pick at running back i imagine they'll find a way but so kelsey what is your second low now yeah so my second low i'm gonna head to the hard court uh head to the basketball court and that is gonna be these phoenix suns we've had such high hopes for them obviously last year's nba finals competitors uh, one and two so far this season and it has not been a pretty two losses like you're talking a 12 point defeat to the nuggets who by the way have been just crushed by the cavaliers recently and then the 29-point loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Like, 29 points in basketball in this early in the season is detrimental. That is absolutely horrible. Uh, you don't you don't like to see any of that. That was just absolutely atrocious to watch. So, And their only win came against a Lakers team who is having their own struggles right now. Uh, but, yeah, this, this Suns team just does not look like they're on the same page right now. Uh, which, again, they always start off to a slow start. You have, you have Chris Paul, so... You know, he's got to get those old legs running again. So we'll see. But I, it just doesn't look good right now. It, it, the, the sun seems like it's setting right now. We'll see if it can rise again. And like you mentioned, Chris Paul, it's like an old lawnmower. Sometimes you got to spray some WD-40 on and crank it a few times to get it going. So we'll see if he can crank it up and if Devin Booker can return to form. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that does it with mine. And then, DJ, highs and lows. Your second high and low, second low. Well, you mentioned the Cavaliers. So I'm going to go straight to them as my second high especially that third overall pick, Evan Mobley. He has been absolutely sensational for this team as well, too. He's been averaging 18 points, almost 10 rebounds. He's their leader in blocks. He's getting a steal and a half a game. He's been an absolutely sensational pick, going with Jared Allen as your starting front court. Oh, and when you decide you need to substitute those guys out, you got Laurie Markin in the certified posterizer now all of a sudden, and Kevin Love, who looks rejuvenized coming off the bench, even give you 20 on plus 60% shooting recently. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Ru Ricky Rubio. Cavaliers got a little bit of a squad coming along. I know I was the weirdo who picked them to just make it in as like a seventh, eighth seed to get bounced early, but they look like they can make it happen. They got a lot of good young pieces. I think if they can get the Darius Garland and Colin Sexton backcourt fully kicked in where they can make that work, that could be a dangerous squad. I know they have a lot of Ricky Rubio to distribute the ball they're using right now, but I love what they have with Evan Mobley, Mobley and Jared Allen in the front court. Defense, offense, rotating ability, versatility. Mobley can step out and hit a mid-range shot. We both loved Mobley out of USC and thought he was one, probably the, one of the best picks in the draft. I love what they're doing right there in, in Cleveland, and I think they could be a, They are in the position to be a contender for a while. Yeah, look, I, uh, this team is, is building something for the future for sure. Uh, I'm still, you know, Isaac Okoro, man, he is still still excellent on, on, as a wing defender and just getting better. And then adding offensive game, adding the offensive game to his repertoire right now. But I mean, you mentioned Laurie Marketing off the bench. Uh, better, I don't know, six man of the year candidate possibly of this early. I know it's four games in, but I mean, geez, like if he's going to ride the, the bench all season and come, come in and do what he's doing, watch out, league. Shoot, watch out for him. Watch out for Kevin Love. Watch out for maybe Darius Garland if they can't put him into that six man role too. Like, my goodness, they almost have two starting lineups at this point, like two acceptable starting lineups. They can miss and match with just about anybody. It's, Closing into a similar feel of like those Warriors before they became the Warriors. It's obviously not on that level yet. You don't have anyone that sticks out quite like that, but they're working. They're working. They could be a strength and numbers type team that could just throw a bunch of bodies at you. Oh, absolutely. I can't cannot wait to see what they have have going forward. Absolutely. And for my second low, we're going to stay on the hard court. And you kind of mentioned the Suns. Well, their one win came against the team I'm low on, and that's the Lakers. And it's not just the Lakers, really, because they are two and two. It's mostly their chemistry issues. We've seen when LeBron and AD are on there. They both can get you like 30 and 30 and eight, something like that. Like they can go and get you 76 by themselves. But then Russell Westbrook ends up giving you like 13 points on six of 15 shooting. Then in the next game, AD will get you 20. LeBron will get you 19. Westbrook will get you 13 and like seven rebounds and nine assists or something like that. Like he's, he almost feels like he has a bunch of Jason kid like stats, 
but with absolutely abysmal shooting percentages. And then we see LeBron's been out a couple games. Then you get Westbrook giving you 30 with Anthony Davis giving you 30 and you're able to win games and beat San Antonio in overtime. There's something about the chemistry that doesn't quite make sense when you have it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's great when if one guy's out, you can have somebody else substitute like that. But you got to get all three of them on the same page. Like you got to find a way where they can all meet in the middle and get some productivity with a big quote unquote big three, as we've seen the last 10 years since they started this 15 years, actually now since they started this whole big three conundrum tomfoolery. We've seen somebody has to take a step back every single time. It feels like it's Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, blah, blah, Ray Allen. Like, it's always somebody else take a little bit of a step back offensively. In this case, none of them can shoot. So they all got to find a way to make this work. And it's right now, Russell Westbrook's unfortunately been the scapegoat when LeBron's out there. And then when LeBron's gone, Russell Westbrook turns into the one-man tornado that he is, for better and for worse. So they, I feel like they got to find a way to close in this chemistry. Carmelo Anthony's got to. He's has moments off the bench, but they got to find a way to integrate him with those guys as well, too, comfortably. Like there's just a weird chemistry feeling. I think it's because they don't have that 2021 NBA spacing available and it's going to take some time. Not saying they can't do it. It's really early. We're four games into the season, but I don't like what I'm seeing right now where it feels like only two at a time can get it done. Yeah, no, that team is I talked about it early on. I mean, in that first game, it just looked ugly uh, against the Warriors and it has not gotten any prettier. I mean, just has not gotten prettier. There's been moments. I mean, you've had moments where where Westbrook goes off for a short stint, and then Carmelo goes off for a game. But like, you just haven't seen it all at all. I mean, like, it's it's a struggle. I believe their only win came off of Carmelo putting up 29. Uh, they did have that win against the Grizzlies when Anthony when LeBron got hurt. Anthony Davis gave you 22, and that was 28 from Carmelo off the bench. And then they did just win against San Antonio without LeBron because Westbrook gave you 33, 10, and 8. And then you got 35 and 17 from Anthony Davis So with four blocks. So, I mean, like, yeah. it, it just feels like it's just a weird chemistry conundrum. When you've had all three of them, they haven't all three been able to find success. That's what's a little bit concerning. And it feels like only two at a time can get it done. Is it possible LeBron James is the problem finally? It is possible, but I, I don't mean I don't... that in, like a, in a mean way, but I mean like in like the Wizards with Michael Jordan type of way. Like, when you look at that Wizards team, everybody on that team idolized MJ, right? And so now they're playing with him, and they don't know what to do. So they're just, like, looking at him like this mythical creature, and they're just not good. Uh, really, like, the rest of the team just wasn't good. And I wonder if sometimes, like, in, not in, not so much because these guys are definitely of his age, so they're, like, more, like, on his same page as him. But at the same time, they're like, man, this has been the dude that's done it for so long. Like, let's defer to him first. And in reality, LeBron is such a deferment player. It just doesn't work. It's possible. I think my biggest issue with LeBron is he's turned into more of a three-point shooter this year. I mean, he had nine three-point shots against the Suns that for that game that they lost to. So, like, I want to see LeBron attacking the basket. I know we talk about spacing, but he's not the guy I feel comfortable with to try and force spacing. So, I just think the way the team's put together, it's a – if it, it in the transition game, it's going to be fun. When it's all hail assaulting the rims, when it's just a full-on aerial assault on the rims, it's going to be great. It's, can you get to that point? Or if someone's able to just stick, like, a Joel Embiid in the middle, like, all right, do what you will. doesn't matter how many people are going to attack the rim. He's just going to stand there and stick his arms up. So, I mean, I think they'll find a way. I think I want, I don't want LeBron shooting nine, three pointers a game though. I don't want him to be the guy to force spacing. I really don't want Russell doing it. I really don't want Anthony Davis doing it. So they got to, they got to find a way to integrate some shooting and be able to attack off of each other. Carmelo Anthony. That's Even him. I don't really want shooting too many. Still. Like, like that's not the guy you want to be your spacing guy, but he's the guy you have to at this point too, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, all right. it's, it's ugly in LA. It, we'll see if they can turn around. I'm sure they will. I mean, it's LeBron, Anthony Davis. They'll find a way. They'll, they'll find a way to get to the playoffs, and we'll see from there. But that'll take us to your final high and your final low. Yeah, so my final high, uh, a team that looks the complete opposite of the L.A. Lakers and doing it kind of in a surprising way, the Bulls, off to a 4-0 start for the first time since, I just mentioned it, Michael Jordan was on the team along with Scottie Pippen. It, it, they are absolutely fantastic. This 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 Bulls team at Porno, defensively wise, is where they're they're hanging their hat. I mean, it is insane right now. Alex Caruso, by the way, who by the I say six man of the year for Carmelo. Alex Caruso might be six man of the year right now. Three point three steals per game. Donovan uh, Billy Donovan is literally going to him every single time to close out games, and he's not the only one. Look, they have three guys with two or greater steals per game. You have Lonzo at two. You have Alex Cruz, who I just mentioned, 3.3 steals per game. And then Nikola Vucevic, by the way, who never played a lick of defense in Orlando, and Orlando fans are like, where did this come from? 2.3 steals per game. Uh, what? Even, even DeMar DeRozan's giving you a .8 steals per game. 
So this team is absolutely just all over the place. Right now, it's it's a balanced scoring between Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. They're giving you 22.5 in DeMar, 25.5 in Zach Levine. Vucevic is giving you 14 and, and 14.3. Lonzo, 14.3. So it's, it's a very balanced attack, but really this defense, man, this defense is fun to watch. Uh, obviously, we'll have to see what they do against better talent because right now it's just kind of been what's put in front of them. But 4-0, I mean, that's not easy to do in the NBA. These are a bunch of professionals you're playing. And if you rely on defense a little too much, well, sometimes you can end up getting bit early on. And so far, so good, though. And really, the the surprise for me, Patrick Williams, who I feel like most Bulls fans are ready to just, like, ship out and say, forget you, we don't, we don't need you anymore. Shooting 61% from the floor, 60% from three. So, uh, yeah, not too bad whatsoever for a guy that most Bulls fans are probably ready to ship out. Absolutely as well, too. The Bulls kind of remind me just like a ragtag gang of guys that everybody was like, oh, you're not good enough. We can get someone better than you. They all just came together like, okay, we'll show you. And that's kind of, they all have a chip on their shoulder. Like Lonzo, you know he has a chip after New Orleans and the Los Angeles experiment. DeMar DeRozan with the Raptors shipping him off in the Spurs basically saying, you're not Kawhi Leonard. You know he's got a chip on his shoulder. Vucevic, the Magic shipped him off. You know he's got a chip on his shoulder. So I like what the Bulls are doing. They got a very, we talk about how like the Bears, how they're kind of very gritty blue collar type thing. I think the Bulls got that going, and they can still get high flying with anybody. I mean, Lonzo throwing hoops to Zach Levine and Demar Derozan, they got they got a little bit of everything. They have a little bit of spacing on top of it too. Like, that's gonna be a dangerous team to watch. I had them creeping in the playoffs when we did our predictions. They might uh they might solidify themselves. They might be the Bengals of the NBA, the, the team that we just slightly underestimated. Yeah, and it's really gonna be their next six games are kind of gonna, gonna be very telling because uh, you played New York, Utah, Boston, Philly twice, and Brooklyn. So. Uh, get ready, uh, Chicago fans, because 4-0 might turn into 4-6 and real fast. Or if they show to be as good as they have been, that could possibly turn into an 8-2 and or a 10-0 and by the end of this, this these, these first 10 games. And the good news is a lot of those players, I know Alonzo had some moments, but it's an overall really healthy group of guys, too. It's not guys that have a long injury history. So you can expect some good things from them, at least in the regular season. Maybe it wears on them down the stretch or if they get into a playoff run, but that you, you can expect to not miss a lot of games with those guys, too. Yeah, absolutely. But that'll take me to my low, and this low is more towards the entire league of the NBA. <laughs> this one just makes me smile inside because, well, the NBA rule change we talked about a lot during the playoffs, the old flail and get the foul shots and uh, you, 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 all day long. We I got frustrated with it many times on ColorCast. We literally had conversations with people listening that were like, oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. And I'm like, no, this is the worst basketball I've ever seen. There's no strategy to it. It's just flail and you'll get a, you'll get a foul shot. Currently in the NBA, an all-time low on foul shots through the first two weeks of the NBA season. Stop a round of applause. Round of applause, everybody, please. Please, thank you. Thank you. Um, welcome to the world of basketball, NBA players. No more flopping. No more acting classes. There's, it's, it's, it's done. You learn how to play basketball. It is your time now. Stop trying to flop and make your way. This has been egregious for far too long. We saw the USA struggle in the Olympics because of this rule. And you want to know why a lot of people were struggling? It's because we were gifted fouls that weren't ever fouls. You're gifted a foul where nobody touches you. You run around a screen and you just shoot a three. There's no stopping the defender coming around a screen. There, are, there should be allowed a path, and they never get allowed a path. So these egregious motions are absolutely being thrown away, and you're seeing a much better, much better game called by the refs. And then... I'll say it many times over in a time and period where I'm calling out referees left and right for year of the ref part 17 NBA refs are finally getting it right. I'll Thank say you. the NBA rules got it right. And the NBA refs are now getting it right too. And I love this as much as from Manu Ginobili flopping the LeBron James and the heels flopping the Chris Paul flopping the James Harden flailing. Like it's all, I'm hoping this is a thing of the past and we'll get to see free throws actually matter and actually count or something. Not so much shooting 15 free throws a game, unless they're banging in the paint the whole time. And hear me out, Ben Simmons. You're welcome for this rule change because you might not have to shoot 15 times in a playoff game. You might only shoot six. Until, unless they're in a close game get... and they start hacking you again. But Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to, like, when they hear the slap on your arm, that's when they're going to call the foul. They're not going to call the foul for the light, lovey taps you were getting before. Like, these are going to be some hard fouls that they're going to call. It's I, I'm not going to say we're going to go back to 90s basketball, but we're going to go back to that little period between the 90s and the 2000s where it was kind of not totally – Ugly, not like Ben that, Wallace. Ugly, but like that, like oh five to 10, somewhere in that area. Yeah, like, too, the, like the, the big Corey McGetty ugly, where like Corey McGetty would just he wouldn't hack somebody, 
but he'd hack somebody <laughs> and then like oh what did i didn't do anything but he'd hack him in like a, a non-violent way but ben you can't Walker hack him but you can stare at you Corey mcgetty would hack you and be like what i didn't do anything you can't and hack him but you can hawk him maybe something like maybe, yeah, maybe there's another adjective i don't have to see lebron get pushed over by a 75 pound man anymore and lay on the ground you know covering your face for 45 minutes that's the worst Look, but anyway, I'm just we're gonna get we're belong. gonna soccer does not belong on a basketball court. Stand by. And I'm gonna that's gonna take us right into my final high, my final low. I'm gonna stay on the highs with basketball, and I'm looking at Steph Curry, the chef himself. 28, I think it's 29 points, eight rebounds, six six and a half assists, two steals a game. He's first in all those categories, minus assists. He is 0.2 behind Draymond Green, who's really the point guard, honestly. How we, how that team runs. He's been absolutely sensational to start the season. The Warriors look great again. We haven't even got Clay Thompson back running yet, too. Once Splash Brother Part 2 comes in to go along with the newly vaccinated Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole is coming into his own. Warriors' strength and numbers team might be back, too. I'm not talking about the 73-9 and nine or the Kevin Durant, the super team, Hampton Fives, but like that initial championship run and the ones before that that were literally strength and numbers was their mantra, Steph Curry's the, play the lighting up. By the draft team. Exactly. I think that might be right around the corner, and Steph could be, you can make a case. He's the MVP right now. I mean, it's four games in, so we're not, it's a little hasty to be going MVP, but like at this trajectory, we talk about this in two weeks. I think Steph Curry is going to be our MVP at the way things are going right now. If nothing changes, he has been absolutely sensational. He looks like MVP Steph Curry right now. Oh, he, he looks like a stud. I mean, he has to stay healthy. Of course, that's the ultimate caveat, but like if, if, if we can finally see the Warriors team get back to that core three with Clay Thompson, with Steph Curry, and then Draymond running that point forward role, and then adding in the the parts they have on this team, I mean, Otto Porter Jr. is still on this team, and he is still a really good secondary auxiliary piece. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, as you mentioned, the freshly uh, vaccinated Andrew Wiggins. I mean, absolutely, if he plays like he did last season, it's I don't want to face this Warrior team. My my, my prediction of the Warriors being in at like six would be a uh, wrong, and they're going to be <laughs> in at one very quickly. I mean- I mean, Andrew Wiggins second on the team in scoring right now, like 18 points a game, if I'm not mistaken, too. Otto Porter once led the league in three-point percentage. Like, they they got a squad, too. If Clay can come back, stay healthy, and Steph Curry can stay healthy, look out for the Warriors. We must start hearing those chants again from Santa Clara all the way across. Even in a – it's going to be more multiple bomb cyclones hitting the Bay Area, but this time it's going to be in Oracle in the old Oracle Arena. But that will take me to my, my final low, and I know it's not called Oracle anymore as well, too, but I, I digress. I will stick with it. And now take me to my final low. I'm just looking at – I'm going from one coast to the other. I'm looking at the Dolphins in general. You're one in six. You're two up plays fine. He, When you look at his first 13 games, he's played 13 starts. He has 19 touchdowns, the eight picks. That's pretty darn good for a young quarterback. I mean, sorry he's not Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. Like, very few guys are that good. But you look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones would kill to have stats like that in his first handful of starts. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would love to have those type of stats early on to start their career. Imagine if – Imagine if they would have given up on Peyton Manning because he threw a bunch of picks his first year. That would have been stupid. And right now it feels like everyone's trying to give up on Tua just because he doesn't do it as flashy as like Josh Allen. He doesn't threaten every blade of grass like Josh Allen does. Tua's fine. He will win games for you, but you you keep forcing yourself in these Deshaun discussing, discussions. It sounds like a deal is made, honestly, from some of the reports. They just, they're just they trying to discuss, like, is Deshaun going to guess this better? They're trying to get details from Roger Goodell, who's not going to tell him anything. But yeah, just the dogs in general. You let yourself fall to one and six. You've done nothing offensive line wise. You brought in Will Fuller, who, as you mentioned, struggles catching the ball and struggles to stay healthy. You brought in Jalen Waddle, a great receiver, not the best option when you had there. You had all these draft picks. You traded back, traded all over the place. You've done nothing to build the offensive line. The front seven on defense is shaky at best, I think is how we would describe it right now. Your secondary is fine when it's healthy, but the front seven gets no pressure. And your receivers, you're very limited. They're the worst running back core, arguably, in the game. Like, what the Dolphins have done, Brian Flores is a phenomenal coach, but they have failed too, and they are failing the situation. Even if you get Deshaun, you're not better than Buffalo. That Josh Allen's better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's better than Deshaun, in my opinion. And the Bills as a whole are better than the Dolphins right now. Deshaun maybe makes you a playoff team, maybe, but you could be a playoff team with Tua for a lot less than what you'd have to give up, honestly. And if Desha- let's say the legal things do come up, come back to but and get Deshaun in the suspension situation or something like that. Then you're shit out of luck if you're Miami. Then you're basically in no man's land. So just the Dolphins as a whole, and then you put this situation as the side piece on as well, too. Maybe maybe Deshaun comes in there, there's no issues, and he lights it up, and he's even better than last time we saw him. Then this is all null and void, and he's able to escape that wet tissue paper offensive line in ways that even two a camp. But 
wherever Tua goes next, because I feel like he's gone for Miami, I think he's going to be just fine if he gets that second chance. He's going to be one of those guys, as soon as he goes somewhere else, he starts thriving like Ryan Tannehill, for example. Not everyone could be perfect right out of the gate. So there used to be a time when young quarterbacks could develop, but nobody really wants to do that anymore. One person's trash will be another person's treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what that, I mean, God, it, what all plans out with, with, with everything going on, uh, you know, cause it, you know, rumor, rumor came out that they, they agreed on compensation, but Miami wants all the uh, legal things dealt with first. Understandably. So too, like, like yeah. it's like, so I, there's a lot of things that I just sit there and look at, it, I'm like, Hmm, what's going to happen there. Cause that's a whole. And that's, that's my issue is Miami putting themselves in that situation where that's all anyone can talk about. So every single week, two has to be like, well, I'm going to be here at the end of the game. What's going on here? And then Brian Flores every week is like, well, that's my quarterback for now, I guess. And then Tua goes out there, throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, 300 yards and four touchdowns, gets you the lead with two minutes ago and you give up the lead against the Falcons. Like, but that's Tua's fault, I guess. I mean, you can only do so much. He threw a terrible pick. Quarterbacks throw terrible picks sometimes. Are you going to hold that over everything else good he did? He's been injured and they lost every game he was injured. Like yeah, they did yeah. not look good in any of them really either. I mean, they had, they were getting destroyed by the Colts at one point, an 0 3 team. Like that's not, a, it's not a great team. And two is doing what he can. He's limited. He, he's he, Ryan Tannehill, Drew Brees, guys like that that get a second life when they go somewhere else. I think we're going to see that with Tua. Even more seen it kind of with Carson right now with Indy. He's looking better. Just when you put him somewhere else, he's going to look a lot better. Hell, swap him and Baker while we're at it too. Both guys that could use a new start. Imagine Tua in that offense. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, since we're talking about people that seem to hate their quarterbacks, Cleveland seems to hate their guys sometimes. So let's just swap them, and I guarantee Odell's going to get the ball a lot more. Cleveland doesn't understand success. Like they think it's just it's this overnight thing where you just become successful, like in in a heartbeat, and you're, you'll you'll stay successful forever. It is a flat path. No, that is just losing. That's losing is a flat path. Success is an up and down battle you have to fight every single day. So Cleveland, like I mean, man, you guys need to calm down with your your hate of uh, of your quarterbacks. But man, they would hate Tua. Like I can guarantee you, they would despise Tua. I think I think Tua would thrive with them until he has one bad game, then they would hate him. But the the LeBron misses, effect spoiled the spoiled the land. They're until used to he misses LeBron. Odell on a uh, deep route that he doesn't throw. If it's a straight up the sideline fade route, he's got him. If it's a deep post, well then we're in trouble. Yeah. So. Which is weird. Normally it's the other way around because throwing straight ahead is usually easier to get a deep and get trajectory than up the sideline. But Tua is different in that regard. I think he'll be fine if he goes to another team. I just think the Dolphins did him dirty, and the Dolphins. They're going to be a mess. I think even if you get Deshaun, you're not, you're maybe a wildcard team at best. You're not better than Tennessee. You're not better than, you're close with New England. You're probably better than New England, but it's a little, it's not a big deal because you're going to have to give up a lot. You're not getting any better. You already traded next year's first round pick. Like you're already, you're already out that. Yeah. Like, Deshaun's, Deshaun's only worth four, four, four wins. Like in my opinion, I think he's only worth about four wins. We saw what happened last year in Houston. He was, he led the league in passing yards and they had the third over, and the Dolphins had the third overall pick because of that. Like, and you, it's a mess. It's just an absolute mess. So that's going to be my final low, but that's going to take us into crunch time brought to you by Colorcast. You, you know all about Colorcast. We talk about them at nauseum. Check us out on Saturday, uh, tomorrow, today, actually, on Thursday, Arizona and Green Bay game. That's going to be an absolute, hopefully a fun one. Hopefully the COVID doesn't ruin it. And then we have Michigan, Michigan State, a Big Ten battle royale on Saturday. So Kelsey, what's on your mind for crunch time? Rants, recaps, and rankings. This is what we do best. What's on your mind today? Yeah, so uh, on my mind is Carly Lloyd. I mean, obviously, just stepping away from the game finally uh, from from the U.S. soccer team had her feet, her send off in a drumming of South Korea. By the way, uh, it was six nil when she was pulled off in the 66th minute. It's a whole lot of sixes that I don't want to talk about because she does not deserve that kind of hate. Uh, she is uh, she's been an absolute consummate athlete, and you talk about American athletes and our pursuit of perfection. She's borderline Michael Jordan for U.S. soccer. Um, and some, there's going to be some U.S. soccer fan that's going to find that blasphemous, but hear me out. She is the only one that had that same drive for perfection. She was the she was the type of player that would ask simple things like, "Hey, if I had done this instead of what I did, how would you have reacted to opposing players in post game conferences?" Like, she's that type of player. She remembers, you know, she tells the story of when she got called into the '94 Olympic, or sorry, 2004 Olympic team with Mia Hamm playing five on five and Mia Hamm was adamant about where she had, she wanted the ball placed and to, to make sure she was passing the ball correctly. She put up two little water bottle cans and made sure she hit those a hundred times consistently before walking off the field. Now she goes on to say that, you know, her pursuit of perfection obviously cost her a lot of her family time. She didn't have a chance to have a family, have, you know, much of a child, like much interaction with her family, uh, with her parents and all that. 
Um, and one of the most telling things was when she walked off the field, she actually pulled her jersey off that had Lloyd on it, which she had always kept her, her name, Carly Lloyd, on the back of her jersey. And it revealed her husband's name. Or, you know, she has been married for, I believe, three years now to uh, to a man with the last name Hollins. And it was, it was Carly Hollins is what you saw on the back of the jersey. So the most telling thing for her future of what she wanted to move on to do is is to actually have that time with her family, which is congratulations to her. She's well-deserved. But, I mean, really, look, I – if she was a if she was a European soccer player and she was male, there would be statues adorning the U.S. soccer facilities all over the all over the U.S. There'd be streets named after her. Like well deserved career. Uh, she finishes second in appearances, third in goals, fifth in assists in her career. Absolutely. So for crunch time, I'm just going to keep mine really quick. We're talking fisticuffs. Obviously not this coming Saturday, but the following one is the big Canelo plant fight. That's going to be outstanding. But this weekend we got UFC with. The main event being the light heavyweight title, Jan Blakovich versus Glover Teixeira. Blakovich, everyone knows, Polish powers, won, I think, nine of his last ten, including beating Israel Adesanya in a super fight. And then you got Glover Teixeira, the 42-year-old, who, honestly, the best way to describe his recent career is if call an ambulance, but not for me, was a person. You can rock him, you can have him stumbling over the place, and then he comes back and finds a way to win. He's been around through three decades of fighters, really. He's going getting a ch- another chance for that elusive title after going through everybody. That should be an absolute... It won't be, I can't see it going the distance. We will leave it that way. That should be a fun one. Piotr Young, Corey Sandhagen, two of the best at Bantamweight for an interim title. Dan Hooker versus Islam Makachev. Makachev is the guy nobody wants to fight. He's the 20 and one boogeyman, basically. He's the one nobody knows about, but he destroys everybody and is climbing up. And then Dan Hooker, if you haven't seen his story yet, with New Zealand's COVID protocols, he's bit, he took this fight on four weeks' notice after fighting not even a month ago. And he, because of New Zealand, New Zealand's COVID protocols, he probably won't see his family until the end of the year, if even that. And he's still like, there's like, oh, so you just won your fight? He almost didn't make that last fight because of the COVID protocols. Shows up, whoops ass, on his way home. Hey, do you want to take this fight? Send me back. Here we go. Like the ultimate, the the BAMF, if you will. That is the prototypical one. More people need to talk about him. Should be an absolute fun night of fight. So definitely check in for that. If you're any type of fans of fisticuffs, keep an eye on that one. It should be a wonderful night of fights, including those top three I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, like, that, is, that is absolutely fantastic. You mentioned the hooker story. I mean, that is a... Uh... Uh, that it, that's impressive. Look, to, with everything else you got going on in a, in a fight camp and in post fight, like four weeks ago, some of your injuries, some haven't possibly hasn't healed, but you know, thankfully he didn't take too many hits in that situation. So like the, the odds of being able to take a fight on four weeks notice to begin with, without COVID is insane. And then to be, now you had COVID regulations that New Zealand's is the strictest out there uh, because one of the few, one of the few places in the, in the world where they're fully vaccinated <laughs> and fully like asymptomatic at this point in time, like they're, they're, they obviously have the right to be strict. So yeah, I mean, to do that. And despite the, the protocols, like that's, that's impressive. Like this that, that's just impressive to me. I mean, from one of his previous fights, they actually showed a picture. I believe it was him actually looking at his family through like a, like a bear, glass barrier as well too, on the other side of a fence, more or less, because you have, you have to wait two and a, I think it's two to three weeks after you land. So they already had, he already had one of those moments previously. And now he's arguably might not get to see him till like, December or something like that, I think is what the talk was just because New Zealand's even more strict. It's round of applause for that man. What he's going through just round of applause. Yeah. With the Delta variant, they, they've extended their, their normal two week uh, thing to you have to have multiple negative tests before and after you land along with a, I believe it's a minimum two week uh, like coordination, like cordoned off from the rest of the world. Absolutely. And it's actually to the point where a lot of the New Zealand fighters are actually relocating their camp as well, too, because there's just COVID restrictions in New Zealand getting in and out, as well as some of the things going on in that state, in that country as well. So fantastic fight card. If nothing else, just see the Dan Hooker going against a guy like Islam Makachev, who's 20 and one has been crushing everybody too. does not care. He's shown up the fight. So that's the people's main event, if you will. And those other two, by the way, title fight and and interim title fight, too. So not a bad night if you're a fan of pugilism. Yeah, no, look. Never a bad night when you like to see a couple couple fists be thrown, um, for sure. But that does it for us today, guys. As always, be sure to stay tuned to our, our Twitter page, at high underscore low underscore sports, for all of our updates, including more Twitter polls we put out. Uh, we might be putting on out for what type of merch we should be wearing to this Bengals-Chargers game. Um, and we'll see what you guys think. And then also stay tuned for all of our color cast announcements we will be calling Thursday Night Football, Cardinals versus Packers, tonight after this releases. And we'll also be Michigan, Michigan State this Saturday. Absolutely fantastic top 10 matchup in the Big Ten. And cannot wait for that one as well. That has a lot of implications for the college football playoff that we talked about. 
So can't wait for that, guys. As always, though, we appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, we'll see Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.